Welcome to my podcast, Exploring Past Lives with Karen Joy. I am Karen Joy. For over a decade, I've been doing regressions with people who want to experience a past life and sometimes their life between lives. I'm the author of several books, including the groundbreaking book, Lost Soul, Wise Soul, How Our Challenging Past Lives Shape Our Future. In this unique podcast, I speak to people who have actually experienced one or more past lives. Some have also visited their life between lives, which is also known as the afterlife. Come with me now to learn what can happen in a past life regression, what a past life experience is like, how it unfolds, and how it impacts on our current lives. This is the second part of Belinda's episode. You might remember she had experienced dreams, past lives, and other unusual happenings in the previous podcast, so much so that she wondered if she was going crazy. So, um, yes, I stopped writing my dreams down at that point. <laughs> I thought I just needed things to calm down. We, you know, we did have other things happening in the home. So we've had things flying off counters and, you know, we, we, we've got videos of spirit orbs and all kinds of things. So we were having lots of um, different things happening in the home. So type experiences, I guess you'd call it all non-physical mm, uh, non, non phenomena. Exactly. You know, when you're opening up saying, give me the evidence, I'm here, I'm open. Well, the universe does answer that, just saying. Yes, yes. You were getting plenty of it, a bit overwhelmed even. It was. So I definitely took a bit of a break. We had too much happening. and um, But, of course, uh, a few months after that, I find myself face-to-face with you because we did try Zoom at one point and I think, yeah, there was a, it took me a while, but I found myself on your couch, which was great. Was <laughs> and I got, to, I got to pick this apart because, um, yeah, I mean, what, what the hell was all that about? So in a session with yourself, I think I found myself, had quite an amazing in-between life session, but then I was really, I really needed the answers. Like, why, why was this person coming to me? Like, he just didn't. You mean your partner's friend? Yeah, he was hanging around. <laughs> it just didn't make any sense to me. You know, it just, I couldn't understand it. So, um, of course, I really would, I was hoping to get some answers there. And, oh, boy, <laughs> I did get some answers. Um, so, uh, not probably not to go into all the detail, but I found myself, um, it's very interesting how it occurred because, I initially was still observing that woman who brought this child that was my partner's friend. Uh, I was observing her as like as, as third party, but then within the session, it became very obvious that actually no, that is me because I could feel myself wearing her clothes again. It's interesting that I had another tactile experience of looking down at that dress, this night, very 1940s dress and this teeny tiny waist. So I remember thinking she was very proud of her waist. I don't blame her. She had this tiny little waist. And um, but being quite upset that my shoes didn't match my dress. It's very weird the things that come to you. <laughs> but I found myself um, in London. It was obvious I was in London. 
and I was uh, I could see myself sitting in this chair in this very small room quite it felt quite there was a sense there was others there I don't know who I can set a sense of a fireplace I'm not sure if the fire was going to my right but I can see as clearly as anything this old-fashioned radio and pictures on top of this radio and I can even see the the, the wires woven into this radio and I'm sitting really close it's like the volume was turned down or or, or it was difficult to hear but I was sitting very close to this radio and then the next thing I know the roof's fallen on top of me <laughs> so, <laughs> so and um I was very calm about it and the first thought that came after that the first thing I, f I sensed was like splintering wood I had a sense of splintering wood and the thought that came to me was there are no children here and the relief of knowing there was no children here so um I couldn't I, I to be honest I was quite shocked by that how, how clear all of that was what also stood out for me was and what what sort of drew me into the experience as being the first person rather than the third person was this enormous amount of shame that I'd felt as this particular woman. And I knew the shame was mixed up with having an affair or being unfaithful somehow and disappointing somebody, which I think was the person that was disappointed was... <laughs> my partner's best mate wow. and I, I the soul, the uh, soul of the, the, somebody yeah. who shared the same soul so correct yeah. so I would never have made that up in a million years would I have ever made that up no. so I do remember no. when the, the roof fell when you said that the roof was falling in and you were very puzzled how could a roof fall in that's so weird how could a roof suddenly fall on top of you uh, I think we we did work that out but you can talk about that when you're ready <laughs> yeah I, well yeah it's um of course because I'm always looking for evidence so but um before I go into that the other thing that had occurred um which I forgot to tell you was prior to um to coming to that session I also had a in that pre that uh hyper sorry a hyp hypnagogic state um I woke up one morning with this sense of flames like a of flames and seeing flames encircle me and up along the ceiling. And um, of course, you know, uh, at this point I've had two premonition dreams. So I've started to get quite concerned that this might've been another. And um, to the point that I actually got the, the next week, uh, got our electrician through and went through all of our fire um, smoke detectors and added new ones. And um, my partner's in aviation. I was quite scared to, to fly for a little while because I wondered whether or not it was related. Interesting that I thought it was related to aviation because um, I never thought that, that these two situations may have been combined, but I, I, I think now that I, what I've since learned, I think they were the same memory of, of the last life, that that was probably the last moments that she had was this, yeah, this huge explosion and lots of wood and knowing that it was England knowing that I didn't have any children 
I, I wasn't aware of this, but um, you did point out to me that during the Second World War, um, that children were removed from London. That's correct. Like I've, I've now looked it up, so I know that that's correct. But um, so I had the sense that obviously, whoever I was last life, I always knew that there was a Second World War feel to this situation. I, I knew that there was 1940s clothing. <laughs> Um, interestingly, as a little kid, I mean, now I look back at it, it was actually quite unusual, but I was always fascinated by 1930s musicals and movies and music and clothing. Like as a little five, six, seven, eight-year-old, I would watch all these old-fashioned mu musicals and Bing Cosby and I loved, you know, all of that. So, um, which is weird. And I, no one ever thought anything of it, but um now looking back, <laughs> yeah, you know? there are clues. <laughs> clues here, right? So, so when I left your session, I've got to say, I drove away going, "This must be all BS. It's got to be BS." So, how could I make up that I had some kind of relationship with my current partner's best mate? I mean, seriously, like. <sighs> Maybe I really do need to go get some medication and go to a psychiatrist. I, I felt mixed when I left that session, um, but there was so much detail and and the, the experience of it was so so real that um, I remember you also mentioned that you could see where she lived in the street and the the, yeah. the, the layout of mm -hmm. the street or something like that. Is that right? Yeah, that is right. But. Um, yeah, there's something to that. But um, so when I left your session and I, I I went home, everyone asked me how I went and I just couldn't tell anybody. I didn't want to tell anybody. I just needed to sit with it. I actually wasn't. I thought to myself, I'm not telling anybody about this because you're literally going to think I'm mental. But um, so that night I, I went to bed and I actually brought my dream journal down with me for your session. I, I don't know what possessed me to take it because I actually hadn't written anything in it for at that point uh, must have been get four months five months but I thought for some reason I grabbed it and um, the next morning when I woke up and I was thinking to myself the only way I would believe any of that experience is if I had some kind of evidence <laughs> of course because that's what I'm looking for right yes, yes you're naturally skeptical skeptical which is fine in a healthy way, like a proper. I oh, know it's yeah. good to be. It's good to be. We we need to find our proof. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you know people use that word skeptical now, and I think it's misused. I think it can be health like the actual yeah. definition yeah. of skeptics is is to to look at the evidence and make keep your your mind open to the evidence. Absolutely, absolutely, and there's there's not enough people doing that perhaps at the moment in the world. Too, yeah. So, yeah, too true. Um, so the next morning, I I woke up in the half awake in that hypnagogic state and I told myself Belinda you do have proof you need to look at your dream journal so I opened up my dream journal and of all the dreams I've ever had the after I had the experience with the woman holding this child and and dancing through the streets of a dusty what it's I can see now was London I had a name of a woman and I looked at this name and I thought if I Google and I find that that woman died in the London Blitz, I'll literally, I'll eat my hat. Like the chances of that name being the name of a, a person who passed away in the London Blitz, well, what do you know? 
would 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 be it would be unusual, but uh, it would be. I think what well, what are the chances uh, anyway? So uh, there was there's actual records of the people who perished in the London Blitz, and she's the only person of that name, and she passed at 34 years old. Wow. So oh, that's what I thought. Wow. And and that had been written down after a dream is that what you're saying it was written down after the dream that i had with the woman dancing down the street and that name had come to you at that time yeah okay wow and there Mm -hmm. she was and she there she was because that that was the explanation of the uh of all those the strange roof falling down on you and flames Uh and everything yeah well there's a picture of the home there's a picture of the home where i've actually got the picture of where she passed I um, I did get a little obsessed for a couple of weeks um, because you know you, you know I got a little excited. You don't expect that. <laughs> you don't. And um, I there were other little snippets that I recalled. So there was um, I I don't know if you remember this, but I remember seeing a gate and children playing, and I had this strong sense that I knew um well I'm not still not entirely sure who my partner's friends is but um but I knew that I'd met my husband in childhood and sure enough um I found her husband and I found that uh, actually somebody had done a bit of a family tree and they had the wrong husband attached to my previous life and I contacted her and I said are you sure that's the right husband to this I didn't let her know why I was why? asking <laughs> <laughs> no because you remember so your past life might have yeah, been a bit so that's right you know yeah I, I have got my limits on how much I do disclose because I, I know that not everybody's quite ready for, <laughs> for this yeah. so but um she would be her this person who was doing the family tree was uh, her mother was my previous if it is my previous life, let's say it is uh, my previous life's aunt. So, so her mother was um, this, this person's um, niece. Yes. And and it turns out her her mother, who was uh, I can use the first. I'll, I'll use my previous life's first name. Her name was Emily. Um, so Emily's niece was indeed taken out of the city at the time um, for the Blitz. So I dare say the children associated to Emily were also with with her. Um, I can see that there's two children connected to Emily, but um, they're both still living. So I can't get any information. That's fine. Like I don't need to know. But um, yeah, so she does indeed have children. So she was relieved that they were they were safe. But this person who did the family tree definitely had the right, wrong husband connected to Emily and um and I was able to demonstrate that because I knew I just knew that Emily was friends with her husband's sister and that her husband was friends with her brother and sure enough (laughs) um I found records that uh in fact the person who was on Emily's details um when she passed was her sister-in-law and I looked at the 1939 census and I could find her husband living with her brother. And I could also see they lived quite close together as children oh. in Islington, in London. 
did you tell her? Yeah, I did. I reached out and said. You told the niece, and did she she accept that? Yeah, she did. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, so you yeah, yeah. sorted out the family tree as well. Yes, I did. I did, <laughs> yeah. So, but it's so for me, it was wow, like I, I knew that instinctively, these connections. And and the husband that she had connected to Emily wasn't born in Islington. And I knew that he was born in Islington as she was. So, yeah, so there's just certain things that I, I just knew, like it's like a, a just a knowing. Do you think you've got enough proof yet? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think so, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting close anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, um, you know, there, there definitely are some holes, though, because I'm not entirely sure that, because um, I thought that that potentially um, my partner's best friend was Emily's husband, but the time frames don't match with his when he passed. So I don't know. There's a little bit of mystery still there. A little bit of mystery. Mm. Okay, that's that's good. That might that might come to the surface, but I think it's good the way you're letting it happen organically, just yeah, letting it yeah. surface when it's ready. Yeah, that's great. I yeah yeah I I could see myself becoming a bit. Of course, like you get a little bit um, obsessed, and uh, you know when you get a little piece of information like that. But um yeah, I, I was able to let it. I've I've actually been able to just let it go I think well potentially you know the for me it it isn't about knowing the story in depth I don't think that's why I had this experience or have this memory I think it's more about um, for me it's you know that life does continue um, and you've got just enough proof just to be able to just surrender into that and to let that part go yeah, yes. Let your doubts go to, mm. like, let's say, just leaving a little bit of. We're going to leave the door open just a little bit to new, new information, of Absolutely. course. But, yeah. But so with, yeah. So that's a great story, and it's obviously very strong evidence for you. And maybe for anybody listening, it might help them to open up to possibilities. But all of us have to find our own proof, as you've done, mm. I believe. But um, I'm wondering about Sam because maybe people who've lost somebody would like to know how that turned out as well well that that's a I think that's an ongoing thing obviously I've chosen a very uh painful life experience this time it's extremely painful to lose a child like it's yeah yeah um about as bad as it can get it pretty much is as bad as it can get but you know uh, and I would say for myself, and um, I mean, that's all we, we can speak for is ourselves. Um, it has been helpful for me to, to remain open, to explore what is out there and, and, just, and just be open while you're exploring. I think the hardest thing for a parent or for anybody else, I, I suppose, that has lost someone really close is if you don't have or haven't thought about spirituality before they pass, you are left with this, you know, uh, you're you're left with do they still exist because they, they exist so presently for you but they're no longer physically here and and it's almost like it leaves a vacuum. 
sure. And, not sure. and but you you want to know. I mean, I, if the evidence showed me that if if after we pass, you just fall into a deep slumber and you don't know anything better, I could accept that. I mean, that's not the worst thing that could possibly ever happen. That you just it's like having a refreshing night's sleep, so to speak. But if that's what the evidence had have showed me, I would have accepted that. I was hopeful that my son continued because he had, was so full of life. He was just so full of life. And, and if he did continue, well, of course I wanted to know where. Where yeah. is he? If he, went, if he went off overseas to live somewhere, I'd be Googling where he is and, you know, looking at the neighbourhood. <laughs> You know, is this a good neighbourhood that he's in? You know, like, is he safe? You know, these are the things that you would ask anyway. So, um, so once I looked at the evidence, once I had the experiences that I had, you know, I, it makes it easier to know that there is something else. It definitely makes it easier in some ways, but the pain's still there. Well, you still you still haven't got him present, and he was present. He, he was yeah. very close. I don't think it but makes it the grief. It doesn't take away the grief, but once you truly experience, and I think that's the thing. You, it's not about believing. It's actually having a sense of knowing, and I do think that's what I have now. I have a sense of knowing that I don't have all the answers, but there's clearly something else happening. Yeah. So I can accept that yeah but it I mean the grief of losing him gosh I don't I think yeah. it's just a it's a process of just learning to live with it and adjusting to that so have you received any messages from him or anything that's reassuring about him going like it's he was yes. he wasn't that old was he? he's in his 20s when he left Sam always spoke about and joked he was a, he was a real jokester and he always um joked with everybody in fact Everybody knew that he joked about dying at 27 like all the great musicians because, of course, he loved his music and he was a muso. And um, sure enough, three weeks before he turns 27, yeah, he does um, something quite stupid in the pool and um, and did, he died of shallow drowning. Do you want to share that? Because um, a lot of people don't know about... Did she? Was she doing it in the water? Well, yeah, I think so. I think, and she wasn't doing it. It was, it was somebody she knew. I think it might have even been her son. So I don't know that everybody understands that that can happen. I know. So um, Sam, you know, he was um, like myself. He was quite open and um, in, enjoyed exploring new ideas. And and he did stumble across um, Wim Hof breathing technique and um, and all the promises that the Wim Hof technique was meant to provide him, which was that you could essentially be a superhuman. So you could you could just be like Wim Hof himself and climb the um, Himalayas in in your underwear. Like why anyone would want to do that, but apparently young men are, are attracted to these ideas. So, and um, whenever you, I don't know so much now, but certainly um, at the end of 2019, if you ever did a search of Wim Hof, you would actually see him doing his breathing techniques, followed by um, videos of him hopping into ice cold water and holding his breath for ex extended lengths of time. But I think what happened is that people, uh, particularly young men, because I've 
I've actually managed to find other young men doing the same thing, myself, like yourself. What ha has happened is that young men are seeing combining Wim Hof breathing technique with the ability to free dive and hold your breath for extended periods of time. And what they, uh, certainly on Wim Hof's app, it says don't do it in water, but he doesn't explain why, nor does he explain that, num you know, many young, mostly young men, actually, all young men that I've come across have drowned. And it's not, not just because you, when you use Wim Hof, it's like a, a type of hyperventilation. And obviously when you're hyperventilating, there's a, there's a chance of becoming dizzy and passing out. There's actually a video of, uh, what's the surfer? There's a, quite a famous surfer and there's a video of him at a Wim Hof conference and passing out straight down onto the ground. He posted it, um, oh, Kelly, what's his first name? Something Kelly. Anyway, he's posted this and thinking it's quite funny. I mean, he hits the ground even in that self, in itself is dangerous. But but what uh, that's potent, potentially what's happened to Sam, but what we think is more likely to have occurred is um, what they call shallow drowning. So people in the free diving world know very well the um, potential dangers of building up CO2 in your body. So if you have actually become, if you've hyperventilated, you need to leave your body, like have a period of time before you, you, you go back under. Because what happens is when the CO2 builds up in your body, your body no longer is able to respond to the automatic reaction that I need to take, I need to resurface and take a breath. Your body is no longer is able to recognize those signs. Not getting the signal. Not getting the signal. So free divers know this. It's the biggest danger for free divers. So they know if they've done a number of deep dives, they've got to give themselves a period of time because you, you, you've built up too much CO2 in your body. Wim Hof's all about building up CO2 in your body because apparently it, he believes it has uh, a number of health uh, benefits, fighting cancer being one of them. I'm a skeptic. I would like to see the evidence on that. But what I do know is it's, um, it's very, very dangerous when you combine Wim Hof method with your attempt to free dive longer. And keep in mind on, on Wim Hof's app, he actually has a timer. So you can time how long you hold your breath, which is actually what Sam was doing in the pool on his own. Mm. So, so that's, that's a warning for people to be cautious because that's what happens with Sam. But did you did you get any message from Sam about why, like he talked about leaving, so you do get the sense then, I guess, that it was, it was planned. Is that true or not? He is literally the most upbeat, positive, happiest guy you would have ever have come across. And yet he had this, now I look back on it, he had this fascination of, of uh, just, he would often talk about death. And he would often talk about, he'd find lyrics in songs about, uh, I think there's a Billie Eilish song. It says, what's worse, dying last or dying first, being carried off in a hearse. And it's quite an upbeat song, but there's this little morbid um, line in, the, in, this, in this song. And he, he looks at us and, uh, and says, um, well, what do you think? Think of what? Well, what would be worse, to go to die first or to die last? And he was adamant, I want to go first. <laughs> so <laughs> I would hate to be left behind. Okay. Yeah. 
So I I had a sense that there is the potential, this is just a guess, if I was to guess, that the original precognitive past life dream that that kicked me off on this journey um, was potentially Sam's previous life and that he I have a sense that he may have been the young woman left behind because this time he's left his fiance behind and his mother <laughs> so that sort of makes sense doesn't it I mean yeah. it's a hypothesis but it sort of makes sense maybe he'll confirm that one day that maybe it's not the timing funny thing about timing yeah I I do say it's interesting because the he was adamant right right up until before he met the love of his life, Grace. He was adamant that um, he was never to get he was never going to get married. He was never going to have children. And yet he was the the most loving. He was um, when it came to children, he was like oh, children just adored him. He adored children. He was great with his brother, who's ten years younger than him. He was the idea of him never having children. I would say oh, that's ridiculous, Sam. Like you're of anybody who was going to be a natural father, it's you. And he's like, oh. but it wasn't until he met Grace that that turned around and he they planned to be married. They planned to have children. They'd already chosen the children's names. And so he was literally the happiest the day he passed because I spoke to him a few hours before he passed. Um, he was literally the happiest I've ever heard him in, my, in his whole life. He was so happy. Things were happening with his career. Uh, he had like a, a side project he he was working on, and it was really starting to, um, yeah, it was really it's really starting to make something of it, yeah. and it really was. Yeah. And and he said to me the last conversation he said to me he said, "Mom, I just feel like all these doors are opening. Everything's starting to come together. It's all it's all coming together." And he was so happy. I remember thinking to myself. Like he's so happy he'd almost burst with happiness. Like I don't even know if he's being real about, you know, like wow. I thought I, I thought to myself, just let him be. Like you don't need to say, oh, yes, but you haven't got the contracts and blah, blah, blah. I didn't do that. I just thought, no, I'm just going to let him bask in his happiness. <laughs> yeah, so luckily. <laughs> A little bit yeah. of wisdom there. That's good. Yeah, so on the, uh, what you have got from him, do you, do you think he's got any regrets about passing? What's your sense? Hmm. I don't know. It's it's hard to untwine your own feelings in that question. Um, what I can say is he has made it very, very, very clear to all of us that he exists. He has reached out to all of us in the family. When I talk about proof, I've got We've got photographs of golden orbs. We've got a two-minute video of a spirit orb out the front of his bedroom, uh, his brother's bedroom. We've had uh, we get orbs all the time, actually. Um, we've had voices appear out of nowhere that was quite clearly him. <laughs> so, wow. um, yeah, we've had um, he's shown up in some work um, by the if you don't mind if I I'll use her name, but there's a woman named Sonia Rinaldi who does ITC. And she's in Brazil and he showed up in, in some of her work. Most amazing photograph of him and his dog that passed wow. two years before him. And there's nowhere online that there's a picture of him looking in this particular, like he does in this photo that she has of him. 
And there's nowhere online that there's a combination of him looking like that or with his dog. In fact, there's nothing online about his dog. And there he is with this dog, you know. So um, he's, yeah, and the most, I've had the most amazing, well, dream experiences with him as well. Um, So he seem happy in the, is he? Oh, (laughs) yes. Yeah, he does. In fact, he, you know, he's he's being his um, usual self and making fun of me, and yeah, so and, and um, yeah, sort of pulling me around in a in a, a dream that was quite extraordinary. But um, yeah, no, he seems to me he seems extremely happy. So I mean, that's a relief. I guess what I'm asking is, is he okay? Like he passed. He was always talked about that he might go at 27 and all this sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think he's okay. Just for, just for people who've lost somebody, uh, what our experience is usually, that they're, a lot of the message is, well, it was just meant to, to be sort of thing. Do you, do you get that or not? I do. Well, I can say that these amazing, um, amazing uh, spirit photo- photography that he's shown up in, he's smiling and pulling faces. Is he really? Okay. He's known to always pull a face because I've got when I graduated from university when we got all of our photographs back all the professional photographs every single one of them he's pulling a face every single one okay and sure and sure enough it's what he's doing in these photos it's just you know I I guess the other thing is that I used to one of the one of the avenues that I explored for a moment and I don't mean to do be disparaging to anybody but um, it just wasn't a good fit for me, is I did go down the, the line of Buddhism. But I had this, I, I still can't quite work out this idea that we're, we're all one, we're not individuals. Oh, that just gave me extreme anxiety, <laughs> the thought that, that he might just uh, disappear into this soup of consciousness. I I just, oh gosh, I think that's probably worse than nothingness. I, anyway, I, I'm sure I sound incredibly ignorant to the, the Buddhists out there right now, but what, um, what my experiences with him are that he seems like his individual self. There's the things yeah. that we've had, uh, you know, um, we've had between myself and my partner, we were driving um, past an old unit um, that we've bought to develop at some point. And he did live in there for a little while. And it's, you know, it's quite, um, it's quite old. It's, you know, at some point we plan on demolishing it. So, but we let him live there. And um, Sam being Sam would often talk about it or called it the crack den. Crack oh. den. I know, because he said, Mum, I actually, he goes, no offence, but I think actual crack has probably been done in this house at one point. <laughs> that, that was just him. I know it's very inappropriate, but. I raise this story because um, at Christmas time we happened to be driving past the old house and, you know, it's not as bad as he made out, but, you know, he liked to just make poke fun of things. But um, we're driving past the uh, the said crack den and I was I actually looked at it because somebody was moving out of this particular unit where Sam had been living and I was looking, look, as we're driving past, I was looking at it and I was thinking about him and right between myself and my partner, in this funny voice, we heard, Crackton. 
You actually heard it, you and your partner. Keith looked at me and he goes, what was that? The radio's not on. What, what was that? And I just, I knew exactly what it was. I said it was cracked in. Cracked in. Like that. Wow. Just like that. Yeah. How, does that how do they do that? Don't we wonder, hey? They do so, so many amazing things. I don't know. But, but for me, it's like that's him, right? Yes. Yes, he's coming through for you. and That's, that's his personality. You're getting, and you're getting evidence that, that other people are hearing it too. Yeah, it's funny. We hear a lot of unusual things happening and a lot of them have happened to you. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I'm not, I don't, I don't profess to be special or anything. I just, I think what I, I think for myself, I'm just incredibly open. And I think that would be my message to people is if you want these experiences they will come to you as long as you're open yeah. and not fearful because yeah. I, they are quite scary when these things happen they, they can are quite be. scary they can yeah. be because mm. they're un- they're the unknown aren't they and so the unknown yeah. is coming through and you don't you're trying we we humans love to make sense of things uh-huh. we like to make sense and that's part mm. of what we're about you know is understanding learning growing and making sense True. of things and so yeah it's it's obviously been challenging, but an extraordinary journey that sort of it did start before Sam passed, but he's forced you to really open up. And <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, it's sad that loss does that, but, you know, quite often it does. It, it really does. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think so. And I, I, I do, you know, I, I wondered tying back to the original dream of, you know, and my hypothesis that potentially he was, the young woman who was left behind, you know, if you had had that experience from the other side, wouldn't you make sure that you spent, you'd sent messages to the people left behind? Because you, you he knows potentially what this feels like, how hard it's, yes. how hard it yes. is to not know what comes next. Will we what see happens? each other again? What happens? So uh, I think potentially, you know, if the hypothesis is correct, you know, he's making it very, very clear to us all that, um, not to worry so much, you know, that this is just yeah. a moment in time. Um, and, yeah, I, it's it's been impossible to ignore. So, and even my my partner, I know you, you've met him, and he's quite, you know, he's a real Aussie bloke, you know, but... Um, Beat on the ground quite firmly yeah. <laughs> when he's flying his aeroplane. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly right. So, um, yeah, I just think that, you know, he, even he said, look, like, You've opened my eyes. He's opened our eyes to to there is something. But he doesn't, he's not like me though. He doesn't go on these massive searches and and test these things out. He's he's open and just accepting and goes, oh well, we'll find out one day. It's interesting that I think that's very interesting that you've mentioned that because some people we are meant to find, we were meant to figure it out, and others it's it's not important to them. Mm. And they can be open to it to some degree, but it's not just isn't important. And uh I think that's fine, fine, isn't it? To be either, oh. and we don't have we don't have to force others into it. We've just no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. It's been great what you've shared with us. Is there anything else you want to add before we close? I really just want to thank you, Belinda, for sharing so much. It's been amazing, and um, I'm just so glad you shared so much. And I'm sure others will as well. When you've got something to share that's important. Mm. Uh, it's going to touch some people and that's what we want we want them to feel not feel isolated but to feel that others experience these things so anything else before we go yeah 
Yeah, I guess the if what I would say to people, even if you have a even if you have a small inclination, give it a try. Just I think give um, regression a try. I think it's the worst you're going to get is like my partner, a very nice deep sleep. <laughs> so, <Yes. I> guess, <laughs> so, and I would and I would say don't be afraid. I one thing that it's become very very clear to me is it's our fear actually it's our fear of the unknown and the fear of the unusual things or, or the things that we can't quite place that um that that get in the way of these incredible experiences it's you know let the fear go and just and just lean into the adventure it's an adventure that's very good advice and so thank you for sharing that pleasure thank you thank you for tuning in today please feel free to access my website lifebetweenlivesregression.com.au for much more information about past lives and life between lives you also might want to tune in to my twitter and my instagram account and my facebook page karen joy author on my website, you will find case studies explored in depth in my blogs and in my books and locate other useful information and resources. Thank you for listening.